we'll move on to our fourth speaker, uh, Meredith King, who's originally from the US. She doesn't want to talk about politics. Um, she landed in Australia 13 years ago to study abroad during an arts degree. She's now a proud Melbourneian and a doctor in paediatrics, which most people mistake for podiatry. For the record, she does not know anything about feet. Meredith. See if I can put this into short person mode. So thank you everybody so much for having me and happy National Science Week. Woo! Warms the cockles of my tender little heart that you're all here. Um, because I kind of feel like there's a war on science at the moment and the scientific process as well. And so the fact that there's this room full of people who are here to learn more about it just makes me feel really good. I feel like you're all fact people instead of alternative fact kind of people. That's the end of my po politics. So, woo! <laughs> So even in the current climate, I think there are certain truths of science that just about all of us, except the craziest little corners of the internet, can probably agree on. And one of those is that the Earth and the other planets in our solar system orbit around the sun. So it was Copernicus and Kepler who sorted that out for us. But I'm going to talk about the man who bridged the gap between those two and who might have actually been murdered so that Kepler could uh, steal his work to write the laws of planetary motion. Now, it's a little bit ironic that the scientist I'm going to tell you about was a purveyor of what turned out to be alternative facts. Um, but to be fair, he was an astronomer and he didn't even have a telescope, let alone video and pictures of uh, satellites or satellite images. And now, because of this audience, I'm a little bit stressed that maybe I used the term irony incorrectly. So, sorry, English majors. Um, and also, another disclaimer, I am a doctor and an art student talking about astronomy, so hashtag fake it till you make it. Um, <laughs> if any of you are astronomers, and if any of you are Danish, then I apologize, and there's a bar over there. Um, <laughs> So my understanding of this is a little bit basic, but I'm going to talk about a man named Tycho Brahe, and that's strike number one. Oh, woo! Now, whoever knows about him might actually want to say his name is Tycho Brahe, or Tycho Bray, or Tycho... Anyway, even his name is controversial. Um, He's, he's a bit of a hero of mine, clearly not in my field, but he managed to live an absolute rock star lifestyle, and he still did some pretty good science on the side. Um, Tycho, or Tycho, was born in Denmark in 1546 to noble parents, and his life started um, taking a rather dramatic turn when he was two years old, and his uncle abducted him, and his parents were like, nah, that's cool, no worries. So he lived with his child, otherwise childless uncle and became his uncle's heir. And he still lived a, um, a pretty posh life for the 16th century. So he started uni at the University of Copenhagen at the tender age of 12. Um, and was basically a professional student for almost 10 years at lots and lots of different universities. But uh, I guess you can dabble in just about everything when you start university before you hit puberty. So his family wanted him to be a lawyer or a civil servant, and he basically uh, said, no thanks, and started getting really fixated on astronomy. 
Just to give you an idea of where people were up to with that whole model of the solar system at the time, um, in the second century, there was a Greek mathematician, astronomer, geographer, and all-around science badass um, named Ptolemy. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Sorry, everyone. Language warning. Um, and Ptolemy published this book called The Almagest. And there I go trying to pronounce ancient names again. But um, it basically had tables and tables of formulas that people could use to calculate where stars and planets would be in the future. So it was kind of the first published work on astronomy that allowed people to make predictions in the field. But Ptolemy's model of the universe was geocentric, meaning he thought the Earth was at the center. And I think that's fair enough, because he and all these other old dudes were sitting on the Earth watching the sun go from east to west and watching the stars rotate um, from one horizon to the other every night. So they drew the conclusion that the Earth was at the center. And then along came Copernicus in 1543, and he proposed a heliocentric model. And for those of you who aren't Googling fast enough, that means one where the sun was at the center, and um, with the planets going around in circles. So there are a lot of religious reasons why that didn't catch on straight away, but it laid some foundations for a major change in thinking. So getting back to my good mate Tycho, I can say mate now because I became an Australian citizen today. Um, he was at uni studying this and that and a little bit of medicine and law and whatever, and he observed a solar eclipse, and he thought it was really, really cool because somebody had actually predicted that that eclipse was going to happen, and they got it right within one day. Um, a few years later, he watched another celestial event involving Jupiter and Saturn coming together, but that time the prediction was off by many days, and as you'll see in a bit, I think Tycho was a bit of a... Um, he really believed in himself, and he kind of looked at these solar events and went, nah, I can do this better. Um, he started dedicating himself to making observations about the movements of the stars and planets, and they, his, his obsession was accuracy. Um, he had some really important observations about a supernova in 1572 and a comet in 1577 that actually completely challenged the way people thought about the model of the universe at the time, and that Aristotle, way back in the day, had set the um, precedent that nothing beyond the moon ever changed. And so when Tycho Brahe found, um, the, or wrote this wrote descriptions of this new star that he found and the fact that he'd observed a comet moving clearly beyond the moon, uh, it really shook things up. So uh, he was, uh, Tycho Brahe was super outspoken and he published his um, findings and managed to use his, both his birth and his noble birth and some diplomatic victories here and there to get in with the king of Denmark who gave him his own island. Um, which was probably pretty good for his ego. And on that island, he built himself a castle that was just a fortress of science. He had 16 furnaces in the basement where they could do all sorts of alchemy, um, alternative facts, whatever. And he also created an underground observatory, which was revolutionary because he was sitting there watching the stars and planets move and realized that even the movement of the building that he was in was affecting the accuracy of his measurements. So he took it all down to ground level to get um, better accuracy. He also built some giant sextant, and if anybody in here can tell me what that is, that would be really cool. Um, just remember, 
with all of this, he was doing all of, all of this astronomy without a telescope, um, but he did have his own printing press, which meant that anything he wanted, he could publish. So how about that, scientist? Stuff you, peer review process. That'd be pretty sweet, hey? Um, unfortunately, it also meant that he published his own model of the solar system, because of course everything had to be about him. Uh, and it was, it's called the Tychonic model, and it kind of breaks my brain, because he took a bit of, um, a, a bit of Ptolemy and a bit of Copernicus and made this own model where, uh, let's see if I get this right. So the sun and the moon orbit around the Earth, but then all of the other planets orbit around the sun. So either way, stuffed it, but uh, got it out there. <laughs> So either, even though he got the model wrong, um, his measurements and his star charts were incredibly precise. And even now, um, people looking retrospectively really appreciate the accuracy of his work. And so he might have been really good at astronomy, but Tycho Brahe, um, what I have read about him, I've deduced that he was probably pretty full on as a person. So, you know, had the whole my own island thing. but. Uh, he hadn't even really started throwing out new scientific theories when he lost his nose in a duel. No one's really sure what the fight was about, um, but like all good fights, it involved booze and swords. And he ended up needing a prosthetic nose, so he wore a brass nose for 30 years of his life. And again, as a medical doctor, I find this absolutely mind-blowing. We've already heard about microbes in 16th century or 17th century Scandinavia, but the fact that he didn't develop some kind of necrotizing infection and managed to pull off a brass nose for 30 years is pretty amazing. In fact, it's so amazing that people have dug his remains up just to figure out what his nose was made of. So Tycho Brahe was also pretty unconventional in his personal life. Um, he fell in love with a commoner woman and managed to rort the system so that they stayed in a de facto relationship and he didn't lose his noble titles. But that did lose him a fair few friends in the Danish court. And just in case his booze-fueled duel wasn't awesome enough, <laughs> there are also rumors that he threw an epic house party where his pet elk got drunk and fell down the stairs and died. So I'm just gonna let that sink in. Drunk pet elk. Rockstar! Anyway, unfortunately, um, Tycho's prickly personality seems to have been his undoing in Denmark. He was a jerk to the peasants on his island, and he gradually accumulated so many enemies in the royal court that he was exiled. Uh, his response was to publish an epic poem about how Denmark was foolish for not appreciating his genius. So Tycho Brahe ended up in Prague after he was kicked out of Denmark, which is where he took Johannes Kepler on as an apprentice. And Kepler went on to use all of Tycho's observations about celestial movements and all of his measurements um, to make a model of the solar system that was heliocentric, sun in the center, winning, uh, but with elliptical orbits instead of circular orbits, which is the basis of our model at the moment. Um, so Tycho died in 1601. As I said, his body has been exhumed now three times, uh, not only to figure out his nose and what that was made of, but also to figure out how he died. 
because he might have died from a ruptured bladder when he went to this really awesome dinner with um, some really important people and felt too embarrassed to get up to relieve himself. Uh, he might have also been murdered, though. Um, there was a theory at the... Uh, there have been theories that he was poisoned with mercury. And the two major um, suspects are Johannes Kepler, who then went on to steal all of his work and... Uh, and is probably is way more famous than Tycho Brahe ever will be um, for his work in astronomy. But the second is Tycho Brahe's cousin, who might have been poisoning him on behalf of the King of Denmark after Tycho had an affair with the king's mother. Whew. Yeah. So regardless of how he died, um, his reputation has waned and waxed over the years in that order. Um, for a long time, Brahe was discredited as, uh, as a traitor to Denmark and ridiculed for his incorrect planetary model as well. But over the last 200 years, people have started to realize that what he managed to achieve in his field was epic, especially for a dude without a telescope. Um, and his work really does contribute to what we take for granted today, unless you're in those weird corners of the internet. So uh, Tycho was the inspiration for a poem by Edgar Allan Poe. He has a star and a crater on the moon and a genus of palm trees named after him. There's also a Tycho Brahe Twitter handle, and I don't know who manages the account, but I'd love to meet him. In summary, um, Tycho Brahe, in my mind, proves that as scientists, we can make some really big mistakes in our personal and professional lives, uh, but we can still make contributions to science on the whole, and we can get some cool things named after us along the way. Thanks, everyone.